Hi, everybody. We're back with Simon Chikoisky. As you may recall, we talked with Simon in the fall, and he was telling us about the upcoming year in a larger cycle of The Outsider, the year of 2020, which is, uh, and in his view, was looking to provide a fair amount of reflection and chaos. Well, we had no idea. So let's go to Simon and get his take on what all ha is happening. And also, Simon, welcome. Good to Thank see you. you again. Thank you. Um, you're, when this, when, when we talked in the fall, could you have possibly foreseen anything quite as dramatic as what has transpired? No. And what sticks in my craw also is that, um, we did, we did our session and towards the end of the session, you asked me, what do you think about the coronavirus? And I think I said something like, oh, in about two to three months, it'll pass. And what I didn't do, what I did is I gave you my opinion. And what I didn't do is check with the chart. And I, things like that stick with me because it was kind of towards the end of our session and I had finished looking at the chart and you asked that question. And I firmly believe that we practitioners have to stand up you know, stand behind our predictions. And so I stand behind that uh, by saying that I made a mistake, actually, that I did not, when you asked me, I didn't do the due diligence, which was to translate what the chart says. I gave you my opinion. And you know how good opinions are, right? Well, you know, I can, I have to say, Simon, I don't think there's anything wrong with an opinion, but I agree with you that if we're looking at it from an astrological point of view, it is probably good for all of us to say where we're coming from when we state something. So yes, yes I agree with that. The, to so, just say this is opinion, yeah. I'm fact checking myself, and this comes from my own practice of predicting uh, sporting events and political stuff where you're, you're fact checked by the fact that the event either happened or didn't. Um, so I, I strongly believe in that. I don't like, you know, I don't like covering things up. We should, we should all be upfront about, you know, what we say and we should stand behind and it. And we screw up. And when, and when we screw up, um, and you know, it's interesting because reading the chart is interpreting symbols. So I think last time we spoke, I, 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 I believe I mentioned something like, um, there, one of the justices will have ill health or even a, a Supreme Court justice might die because in the ninth house, the house of justice of the United States, there is uh, the symbolisms for, for death and rebirth. But how it seems to be playing out is that we're seeing a death and a rebirth of justice itself, the principle of justice. And of course, it's there in the chart and you know, I took one road and it, the way it's playing out seems to be a slightly different way, a more philosophical, a grander way. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And that's really critical to what's going on now. So as we look at the story, so first of all, in your opinion at the time, you thought, oh, COVID will be over in a couple months, two, three months or so. Now let's look at, let's start with COVID and look at what you're seeing in the chart what that's looking like because there's speculation all over the place. The world's economies have been pretty much trashed. Um, a lot of schools are saying they aren't opening. Others are saying they are. Uh, everyone's affected by this. 
Yeah. Um, well, look, it, in looking at the chart of the United States, um, we're, so we were having a birthday in July, the United States is, and looking for, ahead at the year, the next year, it's, we're still in trouble. We're, we're not out of the woods. Um, so I, you know, and it's not just that, we're in trouble financially as well. I think this current stock market surge is, um, it doesn't really reflect, I think, this, what's going on in, in the world. And you don't have to be an astrologer to know that, that people are, you know, unemployed. I think this economic crisis um, it will be just as severe as the health crisis. And so moving forward, um, look, I think we have more, especially uh, towards the end of the year. So um, I stand by what I said earlier. I do think we're going to see a change in regime. I think um, Trump will fall. Um, but I think the person who inherits <laughs> the you know, the presidency is the, the first year is going to be very tough. I think there will be great controversy around the whether the person was uh, fairly elected. And I've looked at that. I've looked at that in depth. And the answer is very clear that the election will be actually just, believe it or not. Uh, but it will be called into question. Do not doubt that. There will be all kinds of, uh, you know, a lot of heat and a lot of uprising about no this this there was fake there was cheating there was this but the election will actually be just according to what i can tell and i think i believe it is going to be uh um it's not going to be trump and and you know what what we say in 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 the spiritual tradition is when a person when their karma is ready when their downfall is imminent the person just starts getting these ideas to say and do things that precipitate their downfall. And of course, Trump isn't doing himself any favors the last few weeks, you know, as he's kind of digging his hole deeper. And, and you can tell that this is a person, whether you love him or not. I mean, again, I, I try to stay as objective as possible, but this is a person who lives in perpetual fear because the moment you know, people started marching in Washington, D.C. He ran to the bunker. Right. Right? I mean, right. who does that? Who does yeah. that? Yeah. Um, and yet, so he ran to the bunker the moment people hit the street. So this is a person who lives in fear. And this is, and then, of course, he said later, no, I was inspecting the bunker. Right. Yeah. Sure. Right. That was uh, the story. <laughs> that was the story. So... This is in contrast to, you know, when we spoke, we talked about this is a, the United States is in a period of revolution. It's in a period of uh, an outsider period. And sometimes it takes an instigator. Trump is very much an outsider and he has provoked this, I believe. And so love him or hate him, he's actually been the agent in, in, a, in a sort of way of this revolution. We had killings. We had under Obama. We had this problem under bush we had it under clinton we didn't have revolutions so it's interesting that it's happening now under trump and um you know one thing about revolutions is there's two ways to do them one is with violence the other is with peace 
And something that Dr. Martin Luther King said, you know, before he started his nonviolent movement, he was, not, he was a believer in nonviolence in personal relationships. You know, if you harm me, I'm not going to do, you know, I'm going to give you the other cheek. Go ahead and hit the other cheek as well. I'm going to try to, but he didn't believe in it on a mass scale until he found Gandhi's teachings. And he found what Gandhi did with his nonviolent movement was the results were incredible. See, people think, oh man, that nonviolent stuff doesn't work. Well, hold on. The first revolution in India in the mid-1800s, one million Indians died, as well as tens of thousands of Europeans and British. Million. In the mid-20th century, with Gandhi's nonviolent revolution, guess how many deaths there were? How many? 1,000. Yes, people still died. People died. They were, there were casualties. There were, there was suffering. But 1,000 compared to 1 million. Nonviolence works, but it takes a certain ethic. And it says, I'm standing up and I'm facing evil and I'm denouncing evil, but I'm not denouncing the evil doer because I'm actually forgiving them in my heart while denouncing the evil action. That's the difference. And it takes strength to do that, not weakness. So this is where we are. And I think we, and we're seeing both the denouncing, you know, the, the rioting, which is the lower end of it. And we're seeing the peaceful protest that denounces the evil while, you know, embracing uh, the good. And it seems to me, just in observing, that it's far outnumbered. The people who are peacefully demonstrating far outnumber the opportunists that might be looting, for example. And it does seem to me to be, as in any situation of this nature, opportunists always will come, they'll surface at one point or another. But the amazing way in which people are coming together, massive numbers of people all over the country and now world, um, to start meeting this, as you say, higher type of justice. I love what you said and that you could see in the chart that some shift in justice was due and that we're watching it play out in such a, a really an incredible way. I'm so impressed with generally how people are behaving and conducting themselves and trying to really uphold the notion of peaceful protest amidst all of the chaos and the heat and the pain. And, and, and the thing is, what happens in the USA, we're like the opposite of Vegas. What happens here doesn't stay here. It goes yeah. all over the world. So it's happening in London. It's happening in, 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 in all over the world. In, uh, uh, I have students from a bunch of countries. And they're like, yeah, downtown is occupied right now mm -hmm. by protesters. Yeah. Um, and that's the beautiful thing. We lead. We lead by example. We meaning the United States. And by bad example as well as good example. And you asked me about COVID and I just, uh, I pulled the chart, you know, to do my due diligence for the question. Look, I think after September of this year, it's, it's going to come back. I think this is not something that has been wiped out. So I think in the summer, we're probably okay. But I think we have another season potentially of this. But will it be as bad? I don't. I don't think so, but I, I think it will be back. So 
One of the implications of that, I mean, there are a lot of implications of that if it does come back in the fall. Um, economic. Economic. economic, yeah. This is devastating. We're already devastated now. What you mentioned earlier was interesting because I've had this talk with my father, among other people, which is I just kind of throwing your hands up in the air. How can this stock market be operating in a complete bubble detached from the actual economy where real uh, commerce uh, on the ground, people on the ground and the loss of their employment and so forth have no effect whatsoever on this stock market. Do you see how this delusional state where does this show up in a chart, this delusional state where the financial sector and economic have nothing to do with each other anymore? Or do you see a time where that financial sector is going to have to come due? Uh, it's going to have to come due. Uh, it will come due in the fall. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, uh, let me look at uh, look ahead. Uh, there's also something coming this summer. I think there's going to be some... Um, well, you take a peek at that, I'll just say. Yeah. I mean, I ask this because people are looking at it thinking gee, do I stay on this kind of merry bandwagon of the stock market and just keep throwing my money in it? It's doing great. And I keep saying, it can't continue doing great. It's detached from any empirical reality. So that's why I think this is important because people may delusionally be following this along because it looks to be it looks to be healthy. I mean, this is the one thing that Trump also points to is, hey, the stock market's doing great. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted. This is the first time I've ever seen the market do, quote, well, when Rome is burning. So mm-hmm. tell us what you're seeing there. Well, um, yeah. Well, so first of all, I mean, this is not a, a chart perspective, but it, probably what's happening is that there's a lot of aid that's going towards these companies and Absolutely. They're buying, buying back their stocks and pumping up to the tune of trillions. Yeah. So, I mean, we know that's happening. It's, it's, and even the farm bills that the, the money that was given to support farmers has mostly gone to uh, the giant mega farm corporations and yeah. there are smaller farmers who are the rate of suicide has gone up, has tripled because they, they can't, they're, they're losing their farms and they're literally killing themselves while most of the money is going to the big mega business. Yeah. Um, so it's, there's great iniquity there. And I think that's part of the reason that it's being propped up. That's my opinion based well, on it what, is. I, what I read to trillions of dollars, the tune of trillions while the rest of the people, um, struggle. So do you see a time where that has to be reconciled, where you can't just print trillions? Some people have speculated that the Fed may, trend, may print anywhere up to 10 to $20 trillion to keep this thing going. In terms of the astrological view, does that look viable as an option? Because some would say, yeah, sure, why can't they just keep printing and then forgive all the debt one day? No one will ever be able to pay this debt off. Yeah. Um- and well, and the other theory is if everyone is printing, then it's like all everyone is, you know, every country is doing that. So in a sense, we're all still relatively true. Mm-hmm. But um, no, uh, look, I mean, I said before, I think next year, uh, especially right around and after the election, there will be a time of economic reckoning. So later this year, um, 
there's going to be little bubbles in January, February of prosperity. Uh, but then starting March of 2021, April, May does not look good. So it'll start around the election. There'll be a little boost, I think, in January, January, February. But then next spring uh, also doesn't look good. Look, I think generally speaking, starting this fall, um, the 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 repercussions will start to be felt and into next spring. So this is a long-term thing. Um, and if you are in the stock market and you're making a killing right now, you know, I, this is not investment advice, but consider that the long-term may, may, may be bearish. Long-term meaning within the next 12 months. Okay, okay. Now, in terms of the social implications where people have been, yes, isolated from one another. I mean, kids haven't been able to go to school and play out in the playground. That That's kind of over for the moment, it appears, especially if this comes back um, in the fall. So normal social interaction among young people, really young people all the way up to 40 years of age, has been extremely challenged. But at the same time, we've had this kind of, you can also on the positive end say, a period of grace and stillness enough to look at what matters to us. And we've talked about this, it's almost become a cliche. I mean, we see a lot of TV ads about people making the best of it. But I'm saying in a very real sense, looking at it psychically as the opportunity for maturity. Um, yeah, um, yes. I agree. And look, I think this summer, as I'm looking at the chart now, I think things this summer are going to get worse before they get better. Uh, even in, what in what respect? In, in two respects. The, um, so Mars in the fourth house. The fourth house of the country's chart indicates the home. It indicates um, the weather uh, and, and, and the weather in general. And so Mars there in a very difficult position indicates a heat wave. It indicates, uh, and, and like soon, uh, like, uh, let me see, basically mid-June through mid-July. So this is like in a month. Is that uh, metaphorical or physical, like a heat wave physical, globally? Physical. physical. No, and this is just the, the United States I'm looking at. So it, look, I, this is probably not stepping out too far, but could be forest fires, could be, uh, it's a heat wave in a water sign. So places by the water like California or, or others. Um, but the other thing that the force, so the weather looks to be probably inordinately hot, um, more so than normal. Um, the, the, uh, the, Tension is likely to get even more intense between June and July um, before it, you know, eases up. So this is not a flash in the pan. This is not something that is, oh, you know, like the Rodney King thing. There were riots for a few days and within a week or two, it was all back to normal. I don't think so. I think that's why this is being precipitated. And uh, like we said just off camera, I think you know, Trump and his presidency is in, you know, in a roundabout way, it's instigating for all of this stuff to come out. Because, you know, in Ayurveda, the, the type of uh, Eastern medicine that I study, when you have um, 
some a disorder for some disorders you need to provoke it first so it comes to the surface before you can then say lance the wound and let the you know the stuff flow out so this is the provocation and what we're seeing is the process of cleaning that wound of letting all the you know the junk the pus if you will flow flow out Thank you. That's very descriptive. I have to say, though, it, this is absolutely true. We're all witnessing it. And at this moment, I don't know what's going to be happening around the corner. I think everyone has this trepidation just walking through the world now, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Everything looks different. Everything is different now. We have entered a new world. And, uh, you know, I, I've done a couple interviews recently, including one with uh, Carl Kalman, who does the Mayan calendar, the plume serpent and the waves of consciousness, which really um, is another system. I think you can liken it also to the Vedic system and the yugas and the cycles of consciousness, waves of consciousness. And one thing that people get wrapped up in when we talk about these cycles and waves is that when you hear we're in the downside of a sine wave that we're going to blast ourselves somehow back to the stone ages. But I don't think that's how it works. It depends on the prevailing consciousness, the endemic consciousness at the beginning, at any point in a wave of consciousness that's happening. Just as you say, this is an outsider wave for 18 years. This is a, this is a wave of revolution and challenge within it. That doesn't mean it necessarily has to go to the lowest possible place. Can you explain how you view it? Uh, it's not a sine wave. It, if you turn a sine wave up and you make it 3D, it's a spiral. True. So, um, and that's like the DNA, the, he, the double helix. So it's, we're, I think we are moving forward in uh, evolution. The Vedic view is that we're in the, uh, what's, according to some, called the Dvapara Yuga, the, the second age. So the worst age is Kali Yuga, where there's complete ignorance and human beings destroy each other. The second stage is Dvapara Yuga, when science and the mind, the, the projections of the mind create structures that create harmony for human beings. Then the next stage after that is where the, the spiritual projections create. So we're not quite there yet. But we're in that second stage and we're evolving up. So mm -hmm. it's our technology that's creating peace for us. It's, uh, you know, and comfort and so on. But, um, you know, Dr. King said that it's not where, where a person stands in, during moments of comfort that defines them. It's where they stand during times of challenge and controversy. And so we are being made uncomfortable so to see where we stand. And... The beautiful thing is these are opportunities for us to go, okay, I'm going to choose the side of truth. <laughs> Let's face it. Even uh, the NFL commissioner came out and said, you know, we were wrong about Colin Kaepernick. We realized that he was actually standing for something which was against police brutality. So we didn't see that before. So it's giving people a chance to go, you know what? Okay, I get it. I get it. I was on this side before, but now I'm starting to see that, you know, that there is a problem and I'm going to stand on this side of it. So I think these are great opportunities to pick, not to pick a side, but to, you know, to stand against, to stand against evil. 
I couldn't agree more. And even like in the case of the NFL, some people have said, yeah, well, it's political expediency because they're losing market share. Okay, so what? My feeling is, so what? Whatever it takes for a person to have to say, I'm going to walk that back. And then watch how life blossoms around having made that decision, even if it's for political expediency. And I agree with you, Simon, in terms of taking the sine wave and turning it on its side. And the notion that a hundred years ago, African-Americans had no rights in this country. We were lynching people in this country. And what happened? women? Yes, and with women. And that all of this has happened in a brief 100 years to where whites and blacks are side by side. I don't really, I'm not interested in all of the commentary on whether someone's just acting in a politically correct way, whether they're serving themselves. The point is, if they're shoulder to shoulder out there, then this kind of change is happening. To me, it's going to be happening on a systemic level that's so much higher than anything we've seen in the past. I'm very, like I said at the beginning, I'm really proud of what people are doing, what they're coming to, how they're helping each other find their voice. But what about the whole notion here that one culture, there are people that feel their own culture is having to give way to something that they're not part of. And this is where you see the fighting and literally the political jockeying and so forth. What do you say to people that are feeling their predominant feeling is not one of hope and change in a time of revolution, but one of kind of clawing to what's known and familiar in the past. What do you say to that? It's in all of us. We are all biologically, we're all racist. Uh, from, From the earliest times where we were in our tribe and then there was the other tribe and we didn't know, you know, were they gonna get us or not? Or there's the tiger and there's my family. We are, we are designed genetically to fear the unknown. The other. The other. And because of that, it's, it's, it's a difficult impulse to overcome. That's why you need a spiritual basis. Um, but this has happened before. The, it was the Irish 100 years ago right. that everyone feared. All those you know, illiterate you know, drunkards are going to invade our land and it's going to be, that's it. It's all well, over for society. One of them was my grandpa. <laughs> he was an Irish drunkard. Hey, you turn, <laughs> right? And what happened? Uh, you know, during even, uh, this, is, this is maybe not the best. I mean, okay, it happened with the, the Italians. It happened with, 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 uh, with Jews. It happened with every nationality that wasn't whatever, pure. Hello? who is pure it's it's the native tribes who were here so we're all invaders in a sense and and before them maybe even the native tribes were invaders as they were battling this this thing it doesn't have a beginning there in fact if you want to say talk about original americans you know many african americans date their ancestry way back farther than a lot of white folks. Absolutely. They've been here since what, the 1700s, 1600s? Right. Uh, anyway, but that point aside, that impulse to fear the other is within us all. So you just have to look at history. What happened with the Irish wave, with the Italian wave? You know, w- w- what happened? You, did you lose your lifestyle? No, in fact, you gained because anytime there's an influx of, of different ideas and different people, we always gain. The example I was going to give is the the Manhattan Project, which is probably not the best example, but 
the best scientists of the world that, you know, that split the atom, there was only uh, one who got his degree in the United States out of hundreds, I think three, four hundred. They're all foreigners. Mm -hmm. So we got the best talent from everywhere. How is that a bad thing? Now, it doesn't mean if you don't like, you know, certain culture that you have to hang out with them. But you recognize, okay, this is a certain culture. Uh, you know, I don't like it. That's fine. But you let give them the right to, to follow their culture. And, and over time, you may find you have, uh, you know, points of agreement. Like to me, I love people who are into the stuff that I do. And whether they're uh, Native American, African American, Europeans, South Indians, doesn't matter because we're sharing ideas and we're so excited to interact. And there are other people, whatever their race, if they don't share my, you know, if, then, then I'm not into them. But it's not because of their race or culture. It's because of our shared love of ideas. So how can you exclude someone who is a brother or a sister to you at heart in your soul? My guru used to look at us all as we were kind of sitting there and he'd say, look at you all. You're all Indian. <laughs> and we're like, what do you mean we're all Indian? I'm, a, I'm an American guy. She's Canadian. She's South African. He's from Puerto Rico. He, he said, no, no, your souls, your souls are Indian. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's where we have to find our family is on the soul level, I think. So those, those people who are probably, look, rightfully afraid. It's a genetic thing. There's nothing wrong with being afraid. But use your head and your heart to look at, the, at history and go, okay, this has happened before. And maybe it was even tumultuous. What happened when we gave women the vote? Did that, you know, many, many men feared, oh, that's it. That's it. We're going to lose all our power. That's it. Hello. <laughs> Just look at history. And that's one of the issues. We don't have education. We, you know, a lot of Europeans I talk to, they marvel at the, and I hate to say it, I'm not ragging. I'm American. I was born here, but I've lived in Europe they have a far better education system, at least in, in the beginning stages. All the kids know how to multiply by first grade uh, or second grade tops. Um, they know history. And, and so we don't. We, we forget our history and, and we repeat the same kind of issues. So my answer is look, look at history. And have we become richer or poorer for having integrated different cultures uh, women, gays, um, and, and for having instituted human rights laws like child labor laws, things we take for granted right now, guys, like ch children under a certain age can't, can't be forced to work. That seems barbaric to us. A hundred years ago, it was, it was normal. Right. And corporations right. are saying, hey, we're going to lose our, no, no, the economy is going to crash. We, no, we need them. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this video because if you are, there are dozens more like it on my site, all supported by people like you. So if you'd like to keep this work rolling in and join our community, just click on the Patreon button at reginameredith.com. That also gives you access to insider commentary, my live book club, and other live events with special guests. So join in. Thanks. No, I agree with you. We're so much further along in our evolutionary path than we were even 50 years ago. And so as uncomfortable as everything is right now, I think it's, I think that 
there's always a point at which people feel they're having to give up something for the unknown. And again, this whole period of time, as you described, and describe it for people who haven't seen our other interviews, describe this period from 2015 to, I believe, 2033, what this opportunity is as the period of the outsider, and at least for those in the United States. But this is a global, this is a global event that's happening. This as you say, oftentimes it happens in the U.S. and kind of trickles out, but this is global. So let's look at it maybe that way. Yeah, uh, we are in a period of the dragon, and the dragon is the north node of the moon, the, the point in the sky at which eclipses happen. And in fact, we just had an eclipse uh, a few days ago, uh, Thursday, Friday of last week. That would have been the like the 6th and the 7th. And... Eclipses are about what are you willing to let go in your life? It, eclipses bring tremendous fear. And so this period is about a period of fear because we're all going to be forced to let go of something. Um, it happens to every human, by the way. You get old, you, get, you have to let go of your career, of your health. Well, I used to be able to slam dunk a ball, now my knees hurt. You got to let go of that, your attachment to it. You got to let go of the, the, the old 50s hits, you know, on the, on the radio. And... You know, it, because they're your comfort. You don't have to fully let them go. But the point is, what are you, do you have to let go so that you can evolve? And that's what this period is about. On the good side, it will be a tremendous revolution in terms of technology, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, uh, tremendous leaps and bounds in DNA, in, uh, so science, advanced science and advanced technology. On the negative side, it will make us all susceptible to those things. So people who aren't, so people will lose jobs because of technology. There's no doubt about that. People will also be under, probably under more surveillance, if I'm being honest, uh, because the dragon is this thing that is up in the sky and it looks at all of you and you can't help it. You can't hide. It's got this kind of x-ray vision. But the main thing is that it brings... It's an outsider period, so outsider voices will be heard. It started with Trump, and he voiced a concern that people weren't listening to, which was um, white, especially poor white America, who, Americans who felt they weren't being heard. And he brought their voice to the forefront. And But it's not going to stay at just that. The, it, so we're seeing the next wave now, which is, hey, there are also underprivileged black voices that need to be heard. And I warrant that there will be other minority, minority groups during this time that come up and ask for recognition because we have to see the problem. What Dr. King also said is that peace is not about the lack of tension. It's about living with justice. Yeah. So if you're a battered woman or a battered child in a family and you just kind of keep it quiet, that's not peace. Peace is justice, where all of this stuff comes out and it's adjudicated correctly. So we're in that period of all of the stuff that's festering inside. It's coming out. Our political leaders are, are you know, wittingly or unwittingly part of the process. And whether we love them or hate them, they are instigating the process. So you just have to stand for what is truth. Gandhi called it satyagraha, holding on to truth. And, and letting that be your guide. One other question here, Simon. One of the things people are concerned about is um, the notion that they are going to have mandated 
they have their health um, mandated in terms of vaccines and such. They're, they're, and, and this is going to end up being a very big issue, uh, I think, if that does happen. Now, I feel, this is just my intuition or just my feeling, that, that prob- it probably won't go that far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to know if the chart also reflects that sentiment. There's too much of a rebellious streak right now. Which yeah. The more people, people meaning uh, people in authority, government tries to impose you have to do this. Yes. The more it's going gonna, it's gonna to explode in their face. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I see it. The, you know, the first reaction of authority to revolution is to, to contract. You know, to go, no, 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 stop it. Send the police. Right. But the moment they see that's not working, they're forced into a position of bargaining. And so I don't think so. I don't think that's going to. So actually what's happening in terms of the protests over racial inequity may very well be the thing that um, protects against further incursion into our rights, including vaccines, trying to mandate vaccines in the future. I think people would find that comforting to hear yeah yeah i i don't i don't think it's going to go that far and i think the country after november of this year is going to have its own problems uh among them look i think there's a an enemy rising uh in um the the u.s is going to have like the the chart shows this looming giant powerful planet saturn looming above the u.s so this is the this there's a new threat and it could very well be China um, that starting uh, I think August September of this year so again everything kind of around the fall end of the summer fall of this year there is a rise of a new enemy I, I hate to sound like a new Star Wars you know pre uh, preview but. The rise of a new enemy. <laughs> well, you're not an alarmist by nature, so when you're saying this, I take it at what you're saying. It just, that's the symbol. It's a triple strength. It's as strong as it can be, this planet Saturn that's kind of looming over the United States for the year, okay? So from July of this year to July of next year, particularly between late August and November, there is this threat, this looming threat of this enemy. And uh, I'm, I'm afraid that it's going to dom- be, begin to dominate the conversation the farther into the year we go. So uh, forcing vaccines on the public, I think that's... We have bigger I, problems as there well. There are too many other things that, that are going to be going on. Yeah. Well, there's the good news and the bad news for you. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, my gosh. But, but, yeah, we're not out of the woods, and I do think there will be a resurgence uh, of this COVID thing. Uh, I hate to say it, I, but it's... Uh, Let me ask you this. Do you think it's going to be an organic resurgence of it or do you think it will be somehow propagated artificially uh, i i'm just reading what i'm seeing in the chart here so this is uh, i'm doing my best to interpret what this says which is that i don't think this will be something artificial that comes n- not willingly artificially so i think it's going to be organic but this idea of an it could be that, God, I hate to even put this into, into words, but that another country or another power, you know, sends people over here who are infected to, 
to do this. So I don't know if that's what you mean by artificial, but that's what I see. I don't see it happening like our country, or our government artificially making this. No, I don't see that. Not at all. But it is possible that there is like an infection or invasion, if you will, from outside. And, you know, from a outside malicious kind of source. It can even... So... Are, that's how what I see as artificial, not something necessarily created in a lab that someone sprays, but that they send people over who are infected. Could or this even, have, no. even unwittingly people come over who are infected. Sorry. Okay. Then is it possible? And I'm not, I'm not trying to just do a conspiracy theory. It's just like, yes or no. Is it possible that whoever this rising enemy, so to speak is could have something to do with, reintroduction or are those two things completely separate from what they're, you're saying? they're not completely separate it's very okay. possible yes okay and um so god i even hate to bring i hate to say that bringing that into the consciousness but i don't think you know i don't think it's something that will come from us and from the u.s where someone maliciously intentionally releases something here no it, it would be a foreign thing okay well, Simon, there's so much to think about just in what you've already said here. Um, I'm focusing on the positive, the larger essence of this is in finding in ourselves what's no longer serving, what's no longer working, and knowing that this is our opportunity to let go. This is an opportunity for justice to truly, finally be embraced on some really critical levels, certainly. Uh, not just in the U.S., but around the globe. The inequity, the fear of other, as you say, it may be organic, but it's time we start reconciling with the fact we all have a right to be here and we all have something to contribute. So what else would you say kind of in summation here about this period of time? We'll probably talk again in a few months, but getting through the summer and into the fall. Uh, this is all temporary. Uh, it, as, as intense as everything seems, this too shall pass. And looking at the chart of the U.S. for uh, the second half of 20, uh, 2021, things look better. I think it's just that first year of the new, uh, you know, the new regimen, the new regime that will be tough, but uh, things improve. So in terms of you know financial stuff, the, uh, the financial crisis is not going away. It's going to be here for another year, so don't think it's over. Uh, you know, be be selective about what you, uh, you know, how, what you do with your with your money. Uh, the other, the last thing about what the dragon represents is it represents alternative forms of currency. So cryptocurrencies, all of that, they're here to stay, folks. Uh, I. There, you know, I remember back in 95 when people were going, I think it was Brian Gumbel. He said, isn't the internet just so you could put pictures of your cat on there? Isn't that, that's what it's for? <laughs> Nobody had any clue because the technology hadn't advanced. Now, of course, so that's where cryptocurrencies are. Nobody, what, what is it? Fake money? Is it computer money? I don't understand. 10, 15 years from now, people are going to look back and go, oh my God, we were so stupid. So... <laughs> they're here to stay and I would you know I think they are part of the revolution because people are unbanking themselves they're going to uh, pull out their uh, their funds from from banks and have self-custody and 
there's a thing I, I I'm not a huge advocate but I, I see the the upside of cryptocurrencies where not only do you hold your own money but you can stake it so that your money's earning five six seven eight nine ten percent interest for you instead of for the bank yeah and that's possible with cryptos you just hold it and you're making ten percent versus giving it to the bank and making zero point something percent while they charge you you know fees and whatnot so I think that's also a revolution. It's a personal revolution where each person will, will be able to self-custody their own financial future. So that's coming. That's around the corner. Uh, so, yeah, um, it's a time of revolution. But the thing about revolution, what the word means is things revolve, right? Things keep moving. So the wheel is turning. And if you happen to feel like you're at the bottom of the wheel at the moment, it's temporary. It's it'll about to turn, and pretty soon you'll be on top. So just remember that. Do you have any of your own internal kind of intuitive reflections about this period beyond uh, what you see in the charts that you'd like to share? Um, that's a good question. It's it's really helping me to grow like what would I because my question is always what would I do you know people have what would Jesus do sticker well yeah what would Jesus do right now and so I'm asking that myself what would Jesus do at the moment and how can I uh, align myself with that and and so that's my spiritual growth again this is a tremendous time for spiritual growth spiritual growth is very difficult when everything is going fine when there is no tension, when there's comfort, you know, this is the time for spiritual growth. So I've started a new exercise program, a new meditation program, all, be, all right now because of this. I was too comfortable before. I love it. Zeus and I have been going through the same thing, um, just trying to let go of the stuff that hasn't served. And uh, I think he's trying to row a million meters in some relatively short period of time rowing yes so we start i've started bicycling every morning i never used to but there was only one place open during covid so i just bicycled there every day inadvertently making these choices that actually feel so much better than what we were doing before and so i really appreciate what you had to say true we grow through pressure like most yeah. things there are always things in our environment that are threatening us. Uh, Ayurveda medicine deals with this. There's 5G, there's xenoestrogens, there's, there's pesticides, there's Monsanto, GM, GMO food. And when people would bring this up, my gurus, my teachers would always say, this will always be around. Right. You have to strengthen yourself so that your field is strong enough to burn, like the atmosphere of the earth, to burn all of those invading forces. And what we're focused, what some people are focused on is the invading forces. Oh, 5G, government's going to get us. This is, and they may be right, but that's not the point. The point is what Jesus said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. You know, that system is in place. You focus on your spirit, build your shield, your, your, your energy, so you can burn all that stuff up. Does that make sense? I appreciate that, Simon. Yes, thank you so much, Simon. And if you don't mind, we'll be back maybe toward the fall, see where we've been and what's headed, where we're headed, okay? Thank you.
Again, everybody, if you want to connect directly with Simon, uh, you can do that at spirittype.com. And for all of his many books, which I've interviewed him on, so you can look into our archives, also Gaia archives, you can go to Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or any major bookseller. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on ReginaMeredith.com.